I used backcourt. Certainly didn't look the way we thought it would last season between Xavier Johnson, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Trey Galloway. But with two of those three coming back and a new look offense being implemented, what does the future have in store? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast, and we're part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob. You guys can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, including over on YouTube. If you guys haven't checked us out over there yet, thanks for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, Reminder, Locked On is now partners with SiriusXM. What that means is you can listen to the Locked On podcast on the SiriusXM app this fall into the winter. You guys can also make sure you catch IU football basketball games on uh, either SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just search Hoosiers. Check us out over there if you guys haven't already. I mentioned that I wanted to do a season recap on uh, Trey Galloway. I wanted to kind of do it a little bit different than sitting here and talking about his season and what's in store. Uh, because those are kind of boring, and I wanted to mix it up a little bit. So I thought we'd do a little bit of the the past, the present, the future for IU's backcourt. Talk about Jalen Huchifino, Trey Galloway, and Xavier Johnson all in one podcast, because uh, two of those three, Jalen and Xavier, uh, we can talk about Jalen's past, we can talk about Xavier's future, but neither one have the other <laughs> as it pertains to Indiana. Let's start with Jalen Huchifino. And just uh, talking about the season he had and, and, and what type of legacy he leaves at Indiana. Look, I think it's pretty clear he exceeded expectations last year. Uh, even the, the loftiest of them, I don't know that uh, we would have expected him to come in and play as well as he did. 13.5 points, four, 4.1 rebounds, 3.7 assists. Uh, shot 41% from the field, 33% from three. Really had really, really bright moments. And maybe that's a, a little bit of a knock in that he, he looked like a freshman at times. Those freshman moments plagued him. A lot of inconsistency. The highs were really high. The lows were low, whether it came to scoring, whether it came to uh, turnovers, whatever it may be. Uh he struggled to find some consistency throughout the year. It it came later in the season for a bit. Uh, There were a lot of games there where it felt like he would score 10 points, two points, 16 points, five points, 14 points. And kind of in the second half of big 10 play into the big 10 tournament, the NCAA tournament, he kind of found a level pegging at least, and then there were some bright moments, but the baseline was always still the same, which you would expect with a freshman. But man, those highs were incredibly high. There's two games, two moments, two things I'm going to remember about Jalen's uh, time at IU. 
everybody's first answer will be that Purdue game. What a performance that was. Uh, when IU beat Purdue the first time, and, and that could be one of your moments as well. Uh, it's not my other moment. I'll talk about that in a minute. But when IU beat Purdue the first time, um, that was maybe unexpected enough that when they went into Lafayette, West Lafayette, um, I just kind of treated it as a fair hit. Every dayers that listen to the show, remember the expectations for me were pretty low on what this IU, uh, what IU was going to do when they went into Mackey arena. I don't think any of us anticipated Jalen having the type of game that he did 14 of 24 shooting 35 points. Unbelievable. All time performance. We gave him plenty of plaudits. Then you, we can continue to give them to him now, but to have that performance on the road, against your biggest rival after they, after you beat them once. So they're kind of hyped up. They're ready for it. Just cold blooded, absolutely cold blooded. So I'm always going to remember that game, but uh, I also, there's bits and moments throughout that Ohio state game was a lot of fun too. That's when IU was really rolling and it really felt like there was a lot of momentum behind them. They had, turned the page on that really rough start to the Big Ten season. Um, they had won four games in a row going into that one. Ohio State hadn't completely fallen off the face of the earth yet, like they would eventually do. So that win didn't really hold up as well. But Jalen just absolutely catching fire from three was so much fun to watch. Anytime somebody catches fire like that, especially at home in Assembly Hall where it's rocking, uh, that creates such a fun atmosphere. So... I'll remember that game. There were other moments you guys can share in the comments or on Twitter, whatever uh, moments you have. It, the the home game against Purdue, the, the go-ahead layup, the uh, punctuating dunk, those were impressive. The Northwestern game, he played really well. IU lost, and it was really frustrating, but he played really well. Um, Michigan game probably deserves uh, some uh, kudos because him and, him and Trace carried IU to the win in that one. There were some, a lot of fun moments this season with Jalen and he's going to go down as one of the best one and dones to come through Indiana. If you look at just freshman seasons, not specifically one and dones, he since 92, 93, he's ninth in scoring in freshman seasons. Your uh, expected guys are uh, above him. Eric Gordon is the best one and done to come through Indiana. Cody Zeller, Romeo Blackman, Bracey Wright, Jared Jeffries, AJ Guyton, and Trace in order are the guys above him. Uh, when assists, only Guyton is above him. Jalen is second most assists for a freshman in that span. So an impactful season, which an impactful to a level that I don't think we anticipated. A big thank you to him for, for what he did, and I think everybody is wishing him the best. Very easy to root for. And the more he recruits for Indiana, even after he leaves, the more IU fans love him. So I think everybody is rooting for him uh, in the NBA next season. We talked about the past. Let's talk kind of the present. Jay, or Trey Galloway, he's going to bridge the two gaps here. Played with Jalen last year. He'll play with Xavier this season. We'll look at his season. And... The improvements he made, the good, the bad, everything in between. 
We'll do that in a moment because first we need to talk about Bird Dogs, the new sponsor that we guys uh, we've been telling you guys about for the last week or so. Look, Memorial Day is coming up this weekend. Whether you're going to uh, a cookout or the 500 or whatever it may be, swimming, uh, sitting by the pool, drinking with some friends, whatever it may be, Bird Dog Shorts are the ones for you. That The fit is incredible. You look better. You feel better wearing them. They're comfortable, a stretchy fabric that... Uh, Allows you to move around and do whatever you may do, whether it is swimming, whether it is partying, whether it is um, doing what one does in the infield of the 500. Uh, they're a versatile short as well, as, as we've dis- or as I've discussed. Whatever your plan is, these shorts are perfect for you. They're also just, and I keep reiterating this, I can't say it enough, they're hilarious to go look at the names of. So... Go to birddogs.com slash college. When you enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order, just like the one I'm showing here. These are great. You guys can try them out today, and you will love them. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big thanks to you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll recap IU baseball and the Big Ten tournament. They play at 3 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, For those that watch us or listen to us first thing in the morning, you can catch that this afternoon. We'll recap that on Friday's episode and prepare you for whatever is in store for them heading into the weekend. Let's talk Trey Galloway, the guy that, as I said, kind of bridges these two uh, players, Jalen and Xavier. Galloway's season was uh, a solid one, I would say. He, I think the biggest takeaway that everybody has for him is how improved that three-point shooting was. Uh, he shot a unsustainable 46.2% from three this season. It came on 65 attempts, which is just a tick over two per game for him. That's the most he's attempted. He looked more comfortable shooting threes this season. It's such a small sample size that I don't think that that would hold up. And we're going to talk about that, but it didn't. I mean, it doesn't matter looking in hindsight for the 65 shots he took across the 32 games that he played. It held up. And it was important for IU. Uh, There's still a reluctancy there that probably is natural for someone that hasn't been a shooter like that for their career. But um, it it slowly went away as the season went along. He became more and more comfortable shooting that shot. He's a reliable secondary creator as well, I think. And we saw more of that. We saw bits and pieces of it, especially toward the end of his sophomore season. We saw more of that this season. 
His usage rate didn't go up. Uh, he still uh, is a low usage. Uh, I mean, this past season, high efficiency uh, score. So he's someone that can create off the dribble, can get to the rim, and can uh, create a little bit for teammates in those scenarios. His free throw rate went up, which I think indicates him attacking the rim more, being more comfortable, being more aggressive in doing that. His three-point rate also was the highest of his career, but his effective field goal percentage was as well. So just an all-around solid season for him offensively. Exactly what you want out of a role player. I mean, it's not a knock on him to say, He's a really good role player. You need those types of guys to be competitive, to win games, to win titles. Guys have to know their role and excel in it. Trey knows his role and excels in it. Offensively, we mentioned he's gotten better attacking the rim, gotten better shooting threes, mixes in a little bit of, of playmaking in there, but those are that's going to be where his bread is buttered, and he's continued to improve at that. Um. He's still a solid defender as well. And someone that he is reliable. Reliable, I think, is just a word I would use for him. Just whatever you need him to do or expect him to do, he's going to be able to do it. He guarded a lot of the top guards on opposing teams. He guarded a lot of really good players this past season and more often than not held his own in that regard. Um... I thought him and Jalen complemented one another really well defensively. Jalen's a good point of attack defender. Trey's good at kind of the chasing and the uh, staying with guys and being that type of defender. So I thought they complemented each other well. Um, Trey's not going to be a go-to guy in any regard, but we talked about the inconsistency with uh, Jalen hood Shafino. I would say the opposite is the case with Trey. There's a, a just a pretty straight baseline with very little delineation up or down with what you're going to get from Trey. He had the 20-point 20 20 outburst against Nebraska. He had 17 against Michigan State. Other than that, that line is pretty much like this the whole time. At times, for better or for worse, you, you might want him to take more three-pointers. You might want him to be in a, a more aggressive scorer, but at the end of the day, he's going to be exactly this. So you know what you're going to get from him, and it's good, solid uh, play. And and kudos to him for developing into that type of player. Again, last season he was the sixth guy off the bench for most of the season when and injuries kind of plagued him a bit. It was good to see him healthy this season. This year, he steps into that starting role and did so uh, admirably. And there was um, kind of a brief moment where Tamar Bates took his spot. He earned that spot right back in the starting lineup and didn't sit again. He didn't start at the beginning of the year, obviously, with Xavier out, but he was the one kind of thrust into that starting position when Xavier wasn't available. So it, he adapted to the situation much like Jalen did and, and played really well, I thought. From the time he re-entered the starting lineup uh, in that Penn State game that we won't talk more about, 
Uh, through the end of the season, it was 6.9 points, uh, shooting 42% from three, 43% from the field, uh, 51% effective field goal percentage. So he was a solid player when IU needed him to be, and that's what you expect out of him. Now, the question is, does he have more to give? Is there more in there that he can give the Hoosiers? We'll talk a little bit about that, but also about Xavier Johnson and what a new look IU offense will look like, presumably with those two starting next season in the backcourt and, and, and kind of what we can take away from uh, how Jalen and Trey played together and if there's anything that shows us how Xavier and him will play together. We'll do all that here in just a moment. So there isn't a lot to discuss when it comes to a Xavier Johnson season (laughs) recap or season review. It was a frustrating season and a largely unimpactful one. Even before the injury, I thought he was struggling the most of anybody kind of in the starting lineup, uh, just adapting to the role of playing alongside Jalen, which I was comfortable that they were going to get that figured out. And even in that quote unquote struggling, he scored 23 points in that win over Xavier. That was absolutely enormous and 20 against UNC. That was absolutely enormous. So it might be overstating it to even say he struggled. It just wasn't smooth, I guess. And there were, I was expecting there to be kind of bumps in the road with those two, Uh, but ultimately it doesn't, really matter all that much because the two of them uh, did not end up playing together hardly at all. Uh, Even when Xavier was healthy, that was when Jalen was dealing with back spasms. By the time Jalen got back, Xavier goes out against Kansas and doesn't play again. So uh, uh, one of the questions I'll have, and it's not something that can be answered until we see him on the court, but how does a year of watching from the sideline impacts Xavier both in terms of of not just like a hunger to play better, but like taking a step back and looking at things from the sideline, from a coach's point of view, basically you're sitting alongside the coaches all season long. What does that do? Did he see things that he can do? Does he have a different approach to the game now? I'll be interested to see what comes of that, but I'll also be interested to see how these two adapt to what presumably will be a new look offense. If IU is going to run kind of the offense that we believe they will, and these two are the starting backcourt, like we assume they will be I think the only way that changes is if there's some big transfer that comes in and uh, usurps Trey Galloway. But I think Xavier is absolutely nailed on. If these two are your starting guards, you can do far worse. I mean, there's a lot of things that Xavier and Jalen have in common that I think will help Trey excel as well. Defensively is one of the biggest ones that jump out because Xavier is another guy that's a really good point of attack defender. So I think those two will have similar success defensively. It's a lot less guessing on this because we saw Xavier and Trey play together. We know what it looks like. It's just taking what we saw and applying it to an offense that's a bit more spaced out. 
That's more driving lanes for Xavier. That's more driving lanes for Trey as well. The big question with Trey, obviously, is I think the volume of threes needs to go up. How much does the efficiency suffer? He's not going to shoot 46% on five threes a game, but if it dips to just 38% or 37%, that's still more than adequate. And I think that is a big thing that IU could use next season as someone more willing to shoot threes, more capable of of putting up a, a higher volume of threes. We've talked about this a couple times. IU just didn't get up enough threes. Uh, they lost the math game a lot of times just by not shooting enough from range. If you have a guy that, that shot as well as traded last season, I, I think you should really look at um, increasing that volume and if that efficiency will increase, because or not increase, but just not drop off a cliff. And if it doesn't, then that's a big win because it forces defenses to guard him more closely, which opens up even more driving lanes for Xavier. It opens up driving lanes for Trey to beat guys who might close out too hard. And just a general all-around positive, I think even having said that, the big question about these two is will they be able to knock down enough outside shots to keep defenses honest because if I use starting five is, is what we expected to be with Xavier Trey, um, and Baco Malik and Kalel Ware, they're going to force teams are going to force them to make shots from outside similar to what they did last season. I use approach to the whole thing might be a little bit different, but they're going to sag off a lot of those guys until, they prove they can be three-point shooters. Can Xavier and Trey make enough threes to force defenses to come up a little bit more and open up those driving lanes, open up those post-up opportunities for Malik, Ware, Mbako, Peyton Sparks, whoever it may be? Will they be able to do that? Time will tell, but it, I certainly... If I use heading into next season with Xavier and Trey as its starting backcourt, that is more than enough. I think those two can can win at a high level together. And if that's your starting backcourt, you're more than capable of winning uh, Big Ten titles and competing with the best of them. So excited to see what's in store for these two. Let me know what you guys think about what is in store for them next season. Jalen's legacy. I tried to mix things up a little bit with this episode. So it wasn't your same old boring. Here's what they did. Here's what they need to improve on. Here's what it looks like next season type of thing. And we'll try to mix it up a little bit as we do these. Thanks for making locked on Hoosiers. Your first listen to every day, every dayers tomorrow on the show, as we mentioned, it'll be about IU baseball, big 10 tournament, and what's in store for them on the weekend. Win or lose, they'll play on the weekend. Uh, they may be one win away, one excuse me, one loss away from falling out or really be in the driver's seat heading into the weekend. We'll know after today's game. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe, please, if you haven't, whether on YouTube, whether on Spotify, Apple, 
Overcast, whatever it may be, Stitcher, any of that helps us out. Just giving a quick rating and review as well. Appreciate all the love, all the support you guys have given. It's been some huge weeks for us in the last couple weeks, which we're going into June. And I can't believe we're getting as much. um, I can't believe you guys are supporting us as much as you are. So it's all love for me. Appreciate you guys a ton for that. As always, guys, I hope you all have a terrific Thursday. And most importantly, LAO.